Welcome, Nexus Church family, to our series titled Connect Here. Now, it will not take you very long to figure out that this series is all about who we are at Nexus Church. However, I realize many of you who are listening today will not attend Nexus Church at any time. You may live in a different country, different city, different state. But I want you to hold on because I believe that this series is for anybody who calls themselves a follower of Christ. Why? Because the church is not a building. It's not a location. It's not a statement of faith or a bunch of rules that we follow. It is people. You make up God's family, the church. And over the course of these nine weeks, we're going to be covering what God's vision is for you. How do you engage in the church? What is, what is it that he wants for you most? Well, we're going to be looking at the pillars of the church, what really makes up the core of who we are as a body. What should that be? It impacts your life because it's how you engage in ministry. And then we're going to talk about the values of, of what it is that we are as a people. What do we value? How do we carry ourselves? What do we, how do we, and what do we do as a follower of Jesus? And so my hope is that you can follow along over the course of these nine weeks and, and examine yourself. Take a look. What is it that God is speaking to me? And if you're not part of a church, I encourage you to go to a church that has these same values and pillars in their church so that you can be engaged and grow and develop into who Christ has for you. If you have any questions or ways that you want to get a hold of us, you can go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the ways to connect with us there. And I hope that you enjoy today's message. Welcome, Nexus Church family, back to another week in our series, Connect Here. This week, we are examining what it means to be a multiplier. This is the fourth of our pillars, our final pillar in who we are as a church family. After this, we will be examining our kind of our core family values. How do we act within each other? How do we act towards others? that we come in contact with as a member of Nexus Church. Now, again, if you aren't a part of the Nexus Church family, I encourage you to implement these into your own church. These are values and pillars that I believe are part of every church family. Now, today, what does it mean to be a multiplier? A multiplier can be called a disciple. It can be, it can be called a, an advisor, a mentor, uh, apprentice, 
there's so many different terms that we can use in today's society, but ultimately it's to duplicate ourselves into the life of another person. And I hope by the end of this message, you are as passionate as I am about helping others to implement the life of Jesus in their world. And that is to create people who create followers after Jesus, right? It's this continuing cycle of multiplying ourselves into others. Now, we have many passages that we could turn to in light of this. I just want to give you a couple to begin with, and then we're going to hone in on the second part of the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28. So let's begin. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. Now this is given to the heads of the church, which we believe are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor teachers. But I want to un- help you understand that this isn't just for them. They're to pour into you so that you can likewise pour into others, okay? So understand with this passage, I want to give you a little background before we get into it. So Paul says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We are to, as pastors or evangelists or prophets or apostles, we are to equip you to continue to do the work of building God's kingdom. So we equip you, and you go and you do. Colossians 3.16, Paul says it this way in this passage, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. And then Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now again, we covered the very first part of this a couple of weeks ago. Now we're going to hone in on the second part of this, but I wanted to read the whole chapter, or whole passage for you again, just to kind of put it back in context. And we'll briefly cover that first part, which is go, and then we'll dive into the second part. So the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and baptize, or to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. Now, again, a couple of weeks ago, we just honed in on that go. What does it mean to go? Right? Now, the second part of it is to baptize and teach but before we can ever get to the baptize and teach we need to get people to follow after us right we're not going after people who are already believers in jesus we need to be about the same mission that jesus claimed in luke 19 10 where he said his mission was to seek and to save the lost that is ultimately where we begin we seek and we save the lost. We go where the lost people are, where there, there is no knowledge of Jesus. A very apostolic or mission kind of minded person. Now, you don't need to be a missionary or a church planter to go after lost people. You simply need to go where they go. Their games, their restaurants, and be with them. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, that we go where they are, we serve them wherever there is a need that arises that we can serve 
And then ultimately, we invite them. When we show them that we love them, we, we appreciate who they are, what they're passionate for, and we come alongside them, eventually, we need to invite them and allow them to come in to our world. But what happens when they do? Well, with the gift of God and His Holy Spirit, we believe that they will come to salvation. Maybe not the first time they ever walk through the doors, but if we love them, if we cared for them, they'll see something in us that they desire. If we're truly following after Jesus and being real and, and loving them, we're going to be generous. We're going to be caring. We're going to show them Jesus. And a true, authentic life lived after Jesus is one that they want to follow. And so, therefore, we, as Jesus said in Matthew 28, we then baptize them. We bring them into the family. We welcome them. They, they pray a prayer of salvation and ask Jesus to be their Savior, forgive them of their sins, and to be their Lord, the one that they will follow after for the rest of their lives and on into eternity. We then teach them. We come along and we teach them. We teach them. But teaching isn't easy, is it? Right? Baptism is easy, right? We just simply take them down and we proclaim, you are now a follower of Jesus. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are part of the family. That's the celebration part. It's the next day when they wake up and they're like, well, what does this mean? How do I live this out at work, at school, my neighborhood, the family? What does this look like? What does it mean to teach? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, that we are to be imitators of him as he is of Christ. He was an apprentice, right? He was a mentor. And he told those who came after him, you need to imitate me. That's a high calling. Apprenticeship or mentorship or discipleship is not an easy thing. It requires really three things. It requires time. Now, people say that it takes approximately 20 hours to fully grasp something, right? And so after about 20 hours, your follower, that one that you've taken underneath their wing, they, they get Christianity. They understand the concept and the basis of how to live out a life. But listen to this. It takes an average of about 500 to 1,000 hours. It's anywhere between four to six months of 40 hours a week of pouring into them and to excel at something. Now, you think about that at your work. Absolutely before you can really feel confident, even if it's the same company that you've worked for your whole life, you get transitioned into a new department. It could take up to six months for you to really feel comfortable and like you know what you're doing and, and confident that you can make a good decision all the time. Sometimes even longer. But that's the reality. We, we put a person into a, a class sometimes and we expect them to, after three or four sessions of an hour each, to get it and to just be able to succeed at this life of following God. This is a lifetime thing, right? We're constantly learning, constantly digging into different areas. And it requires us to walk with them. Jesus did it for three years. And they still were stumbling along the way. 
So it takes time. Not only does it take time, it takes intentionality in sacrifice. Right? Luke 6.40 says that a disciple is fully trained when he becomes like his teacher. <laughs> that doesn't happen overnight. It takes intentionality. And ultimately, it takes implementation and releasing. I want to take you to a, a passage in Luke chapter 10. And I'm not going to read the whole passage for you. This is found in verses 1 through 11 and then through 17 and all the way through verse 20. And I would encourage you to go read it for yourself. But for sake of time and, and respect for, obviously, your busy week, I just want to give you a summary of what's going on here. First of all, in just verses 1 through 3, I just want to read that to you. And we see that, that Jesus appointed 72, right? He, he sent them out to do a work. He told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Now, go. He sent them out, and then he described to them what they must do. A lot of symbolic terminology here, and I'll just let you get a good commentary and unpack what it all means. But Jesus taught them. He poured into them. Up until this point, he'd been teaching for quite a while now, and then he lays out what they were supposed to do. Gave them great details. Warned them about what could happen. And then he sent them out. And then the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And then he told them. He gave them a summary. So what this passage is, is teaching us is a model of how Jesus worked with his followers. And just to summarize, he told them. He, he told them what to expect, prepared them. He then sent them out and trusted that God was going to use them. And he did. And then when he came back, he debriefed them and coached them through what they just experienced. It's how God laid out for us to follow, to practice ourselves. We pour into the time, we intentionally sacrifice, and then we release them to do what God called them to do. Now, nobody's ever ready, right? But as Paul says so beautifully in Romans 8, 28, God works things out for good to those who are loved and called according to his purpose. We can trust that even though they may not be fully ready, just like the disciples when Jesus went to be with the Father, they weren't fully ready. And even when the Holy Spirit came and filled them and empowered them, the presence of Jesus through the Spirit empowered them, they still were human. And there were still quarrels that happened. We need to trust that God ultimately will work all things out for good. Because He cares more about His kingdom we could ever imagine. He's God. He's in control. And we need to release them. Brother Yun put it this way. He said, It is not great men who change the world, but weak men in the hands of a great God. That's good. That's good. Weak men in the hands of a great God. So pray.
pour into these people. I'm not asking you to, to pour yourself into 12 people like Jesus did, but find a person. And maybe if you're lucky, you can have two or three who you have the privilege of walking alongside and showing them what it means to follow Jesus. But then the question arises, right? I teach and I model and I release. What kind of person must I be in order to be qualified for this? Because so often you, you think of somebody in your mind that it was just a stellar teacher, right? This, this person that just you could never be like. That's, that's not the goal. Your goal isn't to be like the greatest teacher that poured into you or mentor or youth leader, whatever, that you can think of. That you're like, oh, that's what I want to be, but I couldn't be that. Well, that's not you. You weren't Mr. Whoever, right? You weren't you. And it's time for us to step back and not try to be somebody else, but to be you in the life of another. But there are some basic things that every follower of Jesus should be if they are truly a follower of Christ, right? If we're going to be imitators of Christ, if we're going to have somebody look up to us and do exactly what Paul poured out into Timothy's life, right? When he says, be imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ, that means we need to be an imitator of Christ. So though you need to be yourself, you can't be you know, going out and stealing things breaking the Ten Commandments or something like that. And so here's just some basic things that I want to encourage you to just frame your mind around and then be yourself within these guidelines, these, these guardrails, if you will, in following Christ and being a multiplier, what he has called you to. Ultimately, his vision for you is to be a multiplier. So here we go. The first one, simply spend time with God. The first thing that we can do to spend time with God, no-brainer, right? Read God's Word, 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It is to correct us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So there is nothing better than being a multiplier for God's kingdom. When you pour into God's word and spend time, he will equip you to be a multiplier. And then the second thing with spending time with God is to communicate with him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer, petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all the understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Spending time with him in prayer, communicating with him and letting him communicate with you, it will build you up. Get rid of that time spent on your phone or in the news or listening or watching TV, whatever it might be. Let God pour into you. Because who you are inside is what will come out. Leonard Ravenhill put it this way. He said, no man is greater than his prayer life. Failing here, we fail everywhere. I think one and two go right in hand. Spending time with God in word and in communication through prayer. That's your two biggest things. You get that solid, what comes out will truly be an imitation of Christ. 
Second thing I want to encourage you with after you spend time with God is spend time with your church family and mentors. Who is it that you can feel comfortable with sharing your struggles, questions, your doubts with? Find that person within your church family and let it just speak to you, encourage you. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 and 12, two are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And then, of course, the infamous Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It can refine you. It can encourage you. Empower you. That's what a partner can do. So find that person. Spend time with them every week. And daily, if you can, encouraging one another. And so spending time with God through His Word, conversation through prayer, spending time with someone you can look up to or share life with and encourage one another, challenge one another. And lastly, to be a multiplier, to make a difference in other people's lives, continue to learn. Continue to be open. Don't get so caught up in thinking you have all the answers. It doesn't matter if you're the, the greatest pastor in America or the president of the United States or somebody of great power and great knowledge, fully educated. We all called to be learners and growing and developing and opening to what God has for us. Proverbs 18.15 says, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. And then again in 9.9, Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. And then 2 Timothy 2.15, Work hard so you can present yourself to God as received and improved. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains the word of truth. Simply put, you can only take people as far as you have gone. In order to call out to people, to be imitators of you, as you are an imitator of Christ, means you must be speaking to God, reading His word, meeting with others who challenge you, and continually being open to what God has for you. Then you truly can say to someone, be imitator of me as I am of Christ. It is only then that you can be prepared to build God's kingdom, which is your calling. That is what you are called to do. Whether that's taking one person three people, 20 people, 1,000 people over the course of your life. The number doesn't matter. The point is, is you are doing what God has called you to do. And so today, my prayer for you is that you would search your heart and be obedient to what Christ has called you to do. Father, through the prayer that I give now, I pray that you would be speaking directly to the individual listening, that they would rise up and they would do what you have called them to do, to be a multiplier, 
to expand the kingdom of God one life at a time. Going, seeking that lost person whom you've put on their heart. And then walking with them step by step as this person takes a step of faith and then takes multiple steps of faith every day, growing closer to you. Help us to make imitators of us as we become imitators of you so that your kingdom can expand. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us at nexuschurchmn.com, and all of our information is there for how you can contact us. We'll see you again.